0: Welcome to another episode of the Voices of Ocean Parkway. It's been a long time coming, but I am excited to share this candid and open conversation with my close friend, incredible runner, family man, and all-around inspiration, David Salama. While the context of the conversation is running, the topic is more than running. Today, we focused on the concept of finding my why. It is about all of the ideas and lessons below the surface that motivate and drive us. I hope it excites and inspires you to find meaning in the pursuit of your next goals, both running and beyond. Welcome to another episode of the Voices of Ocean Parkway. I'm joined today by David Salama. Before we jump in, David, can you give us a little bit of a warm up? Tell us who you are, what you do, and anything else we need to know going into this episode.
1: Wow. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you for starting the Voices of Ocean Parkway up again. Um, hopefully this will, we we can pick up a little bit more more momentum here and uh, make this something that people can run with and listen to for, uh,
0: for the foreseeable future.
1: Evelyn Salama, uh, and I have four beautiful children, uh, Bobby, Rhonda, Ruby, and Mo. Um, I have been running since 2018, avidly running since 2018. Um, I've run six marathons now um, and way too many other races to to count. Um, I have... Too many raised t-shirts and too many um, and too many medals uh, and no such
0: thing, no such thing.
1: <laughs> oh, and uh, i am I work in uh, technology for insomnia cookies, a chain of late night cookie stores uh, around the United States
0: and almost around the globe. Uh, <laughs> so you Hopefully. mentioned that you got started in 2018. How did you become an avid runner at that point? Uh,
1: so I had dabbled in running previous to that. Um, but like dabbled in like the truest sense of the word. So I would go for a run, uh, like a few, a few miles, stop in the middle. Um, and then, you know, just like not run for another month. Um, I think at one point I had one of those, those like five toed shoes, the, the Vigrams. Um, and I would run, you know, like two miles at a time in them. And I ended up with like an, an injury that like shut me down for a couple of months, like within, within, within a few runs just of, the, of running in those things. I remember the, the sound of, of my feet slapping the pavement in those things still haunts me to this day. Um, uh, and so <laughs> there was a lot of stop and starts as far as, as far as running, but. You know, the, the things that always appealed to me about it was that, you know, on paper, it looks great. You know, you go out, you run beautiful scenery, um, easy fitness. Um, all you need is a pair of shoes, great excuse to get out on a, on a nice day. Um, but in 2018, uh, what really sort of caused me to get serious about it was that, you know, I, as I had gotten older and, you know, life happened, kids, jobs very, became very, um, sedentary, right? And so, you know, you played sports, then stopped playing sports so much. I would play basketball once or twice a week, stopped doing that. Um and all of a sudden I noticed that like my seasonal weight changes started to become sort of one direction weight changes, just an ever <laughs> an ever growing number. Um and and I I just physically always felt you know, rather, rather sluggish. Um, and so I decided that I wanted to do something different and I had seen, um, both my brother and my cousin, uh, Joe Salama and Victor Wingort, um, had, uh, very successfully sort of changed up their routine by starting to, to run and started to eat, you know, eat better. Um, and I saw the, the impact that that had on them. And so, I remember it was like right after the Super Bowl in 2018, after a a night of too much eating and too much drinking, uh, you know, got onto the scale sometime the week later, during that week afterwards or the few days afterwards. And it was like, saw a new high number there. And I was like, something has got to change. So I went, I looked up a, a half marathon, um, that would be happening in the spring. I found the New Jersey half, um, signed up for it. Created a plan of running. I, re- I remember I ran three times a week, uh, twice on treadmills, um, and twice a week on a treadmill and then once a week, uh, out on the streets. Um, and I just, you know, cut out all sorts of bad foods from my diet. Um, and then just dedicated to my, my, myself to that for the next, uh, two, three months.
0: That's awesome context. So I guess. For context for everyone else, this chat has been in the making for quite some time. When we first spoke about it, when this podcast was consistent, we were talking about post race recaps and all the inspiration that you would lead to people chasing yourself through marathon. But then this past summer, when you or I were on a run, we spoke about potentially having this conversation because you were struggling a bit with your why. So when you started in 2018, Right after that Super Bowl, you knew what you were going for. You wanted to feel healthy. You wanted to get back to a stage that you were proud of yourself. Then there was this whole journey of chasing times. And maybe that is what inspired you for years. And there was community and we became friends and we met all these other people. But can you give everyone a bit of context of some of the struggles you had this summer? Because there was a world where we had spoken about you not even running any more marathons. Here you are, 20 days out of the New York City Marathon already starting to think forward to Boston. So what is some of the context of the things that you were struggling with?
1: So, you know, that that battle of the why, right, is you know, is something that as you mentioned, we we've, we've talked a lot about. And it felt for like, you know, for for many years there that I was that I was running, um, there was always a primary why, right? Like there might be runs sprinkled in that might be, you know, More for social purposes or, uh, you know, I I love to run when I travel to get like the layout of the place that I'm in and to understand the place that I'm in. So there was some runs sprinkled in there that, you know, weren't the primary purpose of it wasn't training, but by and large, most of the running that I, that I did over those years was really training oriented. And, you know, between, I think it was 2019 and and 2021, I was putting up uh, well over 2000 miles a year, you know, pretty close to, to 2300, 2400, something like that on a pretty consistent basis, which was shocking because you think like, you know, over the course of the year, you're like, oh, I'm not running so much. I am running so much. And, and one, at one point I looked back over a three year period and I was like, wow, the, my last three years were within like 50 miles of each other. Um, everything sort of evens out. Uh, but you know that that level of that level of training took a a lot of dedication a lot of commitment a lot of a physical toll a lot of a of a of a mental toll right like the oh I missed a run I got to get this long run in I got to get this workout in I got to push myself even though you know I have a ton of things going on um and just as life has sort of changed that level of of commitment and and that level of wear and tear on both my body and my mind got me to a place where I was like, you know, I don't think I can do this the way that I've been doing this anymore and still accomplish the things that I want to accomplish and still be the the person that I want to be, still be the the husband I want to be, the father that I want to be, the the employee that I want to be, the community member that I want to be. Um and so if i pull back on this right if i sort of make this so that this is no longer around you know pushing my body to the limits of what it could of what it could accomplish um on a ra- on race day then what becomes my my primary why and what is it that sort of keeps this as being something that's part of my life because i've grown to love it right it wasn't just i wasn't the The attachment that I had to running wasn't just based upon the the races and and my performance. it was a companion now it was something that 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 I needed both physically and mentally on a on a very regular basis um but on a micro basis right like what gets me out of the house when it's twenty five degrees outside and there's a and there's a headwind kicking into your face um what is that right level of, of, of activity or balance? Um, and so that, that was something that, that I was struggling with, especially because at the, at the time <clears throat> I was finding that the cumulative toll on my body and just little things that were constantly nagging me, right? Muscle, muscle tightness, um, you know, random pain that would sort of pop up. You know, feet, ankles, calves, back, you know, all of those sort of things. Um, you know, you start you start to think about the <clears throat> the sustainability of it, I guess. Um and yeah, that was that was uh that was a moment a, a sort of a, a moment of change and you know, always at those moment of changes it's uh it's a little rough to, to wrap your head around what, what happens next.
0: Yeah. So at what point does that moment of change come about? Because until I think it's 2019, early 2019, you're chasing this three-hour race. And for a lot of people, chasing a big-time goal, something that's been on their radar, radar for some time and that they've thrown so much into it, it's semi-depressing once you get it because a few days later, you realize, wait, what now? But for a while after that, you were still going at it. And it almost seemed like there were still things on the radar that you wanted to chase. Maybe it's not a tangible number goal, but you're still going after it. But then, as you just mentioned, there was this whole shift. So when does that come into play relative to chasing a big goal?
1: So the, the times and those, and those sort of like milestone times are helpful. Um, but I would, I would never say that, that those were primary motivation for me. The primary motivation for me from a performance perspective was can I continue to push my peak higher and higher and higher? Could I continuously sort of transform my body and my mind in order to find more and 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 you know, better and better performances. Um, and that becomes in and of itself becomes somewhat all-consuming, right? That becomes – you hit a point where in order to continuously push that level up, you need to dedicate more and more time and more and more energy to that endeavor. And I think what happened was in late 2021 and then throughout 2022, Life sort of returned to normalcy sort of, you know, from the, from the pandemic. Um, and travel started to pick up personal and, and business and, <clears throat> and time commitments and obligations start to sort of increase back again. I was sort of being pulled in two different directions, right? Because for training purposes, I needed to, to keep upping the ante, but everything else was drawing more and more time and energy for me. Um, and so it just became an, an unsustainable moment, right? Or unsustainable, uh, balance that I was trying to strike. And so something had to give.
0: Got it. And I guess we probably could have started a bit earlier with this question, but today we're talking about this whole idea of finding the why. And for some people who are, who think a lot about why they're running and are very perceptive, This is a question that comes up often. So for you and I, this is something I think we probably discuss with others and with ourselves pretty often. But for the regular person who doesn't think about this so often, how would you define a why? Like, what does it mean to have a why and why is it particularly important?
1: So there's this, there's this biological fact, let's call it. Um, That within the first 10 minutes of any run, your body essentially releases a cascade of chemicals in order to get you to stop doing what you're doing, right? And so this is a evolutionary uh, body preservation uh, impulse, right, where they see that you're doing this sort of like high energy consuming activity. The body is trained to not... You know, not burn energy frivolously. And so it wants to talk you out of this horrific thing that you're about to do. Um, and I think that sort of, that's a, a good metaphor for why you like, or, or sort of a, a good indicator of why you need that, that why, right? Like running isn't easy for lack of a better term, right? It is, it is something that you need to break through a, a mental and or physical barrier on like a constant basis to continuously do right <clears throat> conditions are never <clears throat> sorry uh just coming coming back from uh from a bit of of being under the weather uh conditions are never perfect too hot too muggy too windy too rainy um schedules are never perfect um i got to be here i got to be there i'm tired um, uh, you know, I ate too much. I ate too little. Uh, You know, there's the number of excuses that yeah. you can sort of come up with to not go for a run is, I think, in, uh, pretty much infinite. I'm I'm trying to see if I can ever hit the limit, but so far, I come up with new ones all the time. Um, and and so without a strong why, without the thing that gets you over that that hump, you'll definitely find that you'll more often than not, sort of give in to those excuses and find your way out of it. So that why is always sort of helpful to both get you out of the house and turn a three-mile run into a five-mile run or a five-mile run into an eight-mile run or an eight-mile run into a ten-mile run. And then the other part of that is if you are trying to push yourself to hit a goal uh, or something like that, you do need the why for, like, why put yourself through a 15-mile, a 20-mile training run, right, um, when everybody else is, like, warm and toasty in their beds? So the yeah. why definitely always for anything in life, right, that anything in life that is that is worthwhile is going to be challenging. Anything that's worthwhile in, in life, you're going to have excuses to opt out of it. So having a why for anything um, is always an important thing to sort of get you to accomplish something.
0: Yeah, so I think you actually just beat me to my next question. I think the idea of why it transcends running. Um, We may need it more often with running because running is not something we need to do, whereas work almost seems like somewhere we have to go. Family obligations exist regardless of whether or not the weather's good or the weather's bad. Like, you can't really get out of those. But there's still part of us that has to have a reason to participate and, like, be our fullest there. You'd mentioned end of 2021, throughout 2022, a lot of other obligations have come up. How do you feel you were able to commit to those? Because I imagine as you move away from running, you're overcommitting to other things and really throwing yourself into those. What was the why behind the other things and how that become particularly important in your life?
1: So I think the why for those in a way is a little bit more natural than, than the why for running, right? Like one of the things that I, that I did want to to commit more time to was family. You know, I would for for you know the time <clears throat> before before this when I was training very hard. I had said at the beginning when I first started, right, and going back to that first race, part of my underlying reasons for wanting to get back into shape was I have a young family, and I saw myself sort of aging rapidly, right, and I didn't I didn't want to be um sort of sluggish as a as a father I wanted to be energetic I wanted to to you know be able to play and, and 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 be like a high energy dad right and I saw myself sort of going always into low energy mode but then ironically as I was training for these for these races I would come back on a, <clears throat> on a weekend morning after a pretty intense run or a a long run and I was just knocked out right like here's this entire weekend day that like I'm essentially useless for because you know I just ran 20 miles in you know with a 70 dew point or something like that so in some way my original why was in order to be a more energetic and and uh, and fun dad, but on the other hand, <laughs> it was driving me to a place where I no longer had energy to do that. And so, going back and finding that balance, right, and saying, okay, well that that moment was a moment, and I appreciate all the accomplishments that I that I was able to accomplish, and all the things that I learned about myself and my body, and and uh, and about running and everything like that. And that happened, and that was great. But the pendulum has to sort of swing back to a certain degree and the original why needs to be, you know, needs to sort of step up a little bit more and, and what the underlying why of that original why was, right? Which is I wanted to be the best, the best father that I could. I wanted to be the best husband that I could, right? And so that requires a little bit more balance and a little less pushing myself to the extreme. And the same thing with my, you know, with my career. The pandemic, um, for all the terrible things about it, did afford me an opportunity to have a little more time for things like running because there wasn't travel for work, there wasn't office for work for me for a while. Um, and so I was able to push myself on running while still being able to be, you know, a 100 plus percent for work. Um, and for my career and still, you know, accomplish amazing things. Um, but uh, as things went back to normal, that was no longer possible, right? I needed to be out there a little bit more. Uh, I need to dedicate more time to, to career pursuits. And so again, those whys were there before the, the initial running line. And so it was really more about them coming back and becoming a little bit more predominant.
0: So for myself, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, COVID, especially early on when things were flexible, there weren't events, afforded us that chance to really throw ourselves into running. Whether or not it was goal-oriented, we just had the time and the flexibility to do it in a way that we don't necessarily today. But today, because we had that opportunity beforehand, I think a lot of us feel guilty or feel like. I'm not really putting myself into it despite the fact that we're still running x numbers of days a week and despite the fact that we're still getting out of it and because of that a lot of us have since taken a step back it's like if i'm not doing it right i'm not going to do it for someone who is i guess experienced something similar and is now rekindling their own fire and trying to find a new why what is the best advice or best perspective you could offer to that thought process of i'm not really doing it the fullest because I've done it better in the past, so why try now?
1: Yeah, that's a tricky one um I'm not sure I have <laughs> the perfect answer yet um and you know part of part of this is that journey to 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 search for those those types of answers um, I think that what I've come to realize, right, and, and sort of what, what's been my, my new mindset, right, is I think there's a certain fallacy with the concept of having a why or having a predominant why, um, or primary why, because I've hit the point at least where running is part of who I am. Running is part of my life. Uh, it's an important part of my life. And so for me now, each run might have a different why. Um, but the overall why is I run because it's just part of me, right? And it's a, it's a, it's a companion to me in my life. And so, you know, some mornings I'll run to blow off steam. Sometimes I'll run because it's a beautiful day. Sometimes I'll run because it's social and I want to hang out with my friends, my running friends. Um, sometimes I'll run because I need to clear my mind. Sometimes I'll run because I want to see, you know, a new a new place or, you know, get out into into the world in, in a different way. Um, sometimes I run just because it helps me find mental and physical balance. Sometimes I run because I want to feel that burn in my legs and I want to feel that soreness the next the next morning. Um, and I think that finding that comfort level with every day is a different why instead of n- needing to feel like there is a, a primary objective that you are gunning for over a several month period or several year period even um, is the key to sort of Integrating integrating this in, in, into a way that's a little bit more balanced and sustainable. Um, so that's where I am right now.
0: And so last week, uh, I guess on that note, you shared a pretty intense proposal for a Boston 2023 training plan. And what you'd written with it was, I realized that my haphazard I'll run when I can plan isn't working and I'd like to perform at a high level. So relative to finding a reason every day to run and having this big ultimate goal of I want to perform at a high level and push myself to limits that I haven't seen, which is one of the primary reasons that 2018 and 2019 really threw yourself at it. Where do you stand today? How do you merge the two of I want to be the best dad and I want to be around for my family and throw myself at work. But at the same time, I want to throw myself into this three to four month pursuit of something special.
1: So on a first, first of all, I have a vendetta on, on Boston right now, which is my primary <laughs> motivation. Um, I ran Boston last year when they had the race in the fall of 2021 and that course just like chewed me up and spit me out. And it's a, it's a great race and it was a wonderful experience, but man, was it a hard experience and, um, and something that, that I, Almost immediately, I think in the race had regrets about <laughs> how I approached it, how I trained for it, um, and I knew even in the middle of the race that I wanted another shot. Um, that I didn't want to, I didn't want that to be the last taste in my mouth for that race. So that's on a that that's a that's a personal motivation specifically for that race. Um, but what I also realized was that yeah, I went into into a training, a training sort of phase where I was, I said, you know, what, every day I'll just figure it out. Right. Like I'll figure out what I can handle on this random Tuesday. Um, and I'll make it work that way. And I sort of trusted myself to find the right balance. Um But what I, what I found is that I actually ended up moving away from, Like, my number one mantra, which is every run should be somewhat of a challenge. Every run should have an element of discomfort in in it because it's only through discomfort that we grow, right? And so, yes, sometimes there's the track workouts where the level of discomfort is, like, through the roof, right, and your heart is, like, ready to explode out of your chest or – there's those massive long runs where the the level of discomfort can last for an hour, you know, as you're like, you know, you hit your turnaround and you're running back and that headwind kicks up and you just think of all the reasons why you should not complete that run. But I'm saying on an everyday run, right, your everyday five miler, six miler, eight miler, whatever it is, even if it's a recovery run, there should be a moment during that run where – you feel a level of discomfort, right? It can be for a half mile, it can be for a block, it can be for whatever it is, right? But just like knowing that every day you're pushing against that barrier and by pushing against that barrier, you're actually moving that barrier. And so by taking this sort of like day-to-day approach, what I realized was that I found a way to not push myself on most days, to not find the level of discomfort on most days because I said, today is not a great day for discomfort. Um, and so setting out a plan and holding myself and sending it to you, actually, uh, and, and, and Ralph Toosie, um, even more so potentially, uh, (laughs) is a way of holding myself accountable and putting it out there that this is something that I want to do. But I know that, like, things will get in the way and life will come up and, and plans will change and my run for a Tuesday might get pushed to a Wednesday or might get pushed to a Thursday or might never happen at all um but by putting it out there and by having that in my head and by being able to refer back to it and being able to say even when my schedule is rough or even when my legs are tired that today this was what the plan was i felt like that would get me into that mode of finding that discomfort every single day
0: talking about discomfort you very recently ran the New York City Marathon and arguably one of the hottest and most uncomfortable days in the history of its 51 years. Um, can you share a little bit about that experience?
1: Yeah. So now that I've, I'm, I'm by no means a, a super veteran when it comes to marathons, like some people are, um, people who have run the marathons 50 times, 75 times. I mean, some of the people that you meet out there are absolutely off the charts, but I've run six marathons now. And I've now come to learn that every, <clears throat> every marathon is its own journey, both physically and, and mentally. Um, and so that was helpful going into New York city marathon because it was a beautiful day as you were like sort of sitting at the starting line, barely, you know, needed, uh, you know, any, any throwaway clothing to keep warm or anything like that. Um, and then during, you know, sort of warm ups and stretching, I started to like feel a little bit of sweat on my body and I'm like, Hmm, okay. And then race starts, Ferrisano bridge coming down off the bridge and I am dripping sweat, right? This is like <laughs> mile two. And I'm like, this is not good. This is just not good. This <laughs> is not, you're not supposed to be sweating at this point in a, in a marathon. Um, and, and so running up 4th Avenue and it was really humid, um, surprisingly humid. And so around mile seven, I knew my family was going to be there waiting for me, right? And so for me, this is like the high point of the marathon, right? It's getting a chance to see them. It's actually the first time that my wife and, and, you know, um, a bunch of my kids were able to sort of come out and cheer me on in a marathon. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking like, it's too hot, it's too hot. I got to tell him it's too hot. Maybe I just step <laughs> off the course. Like, and some backstory, I was not trained for this marathon. I was struggling with injuries the entire summer, uh, and into the fall. Um, and then as I started to ramp up in the fall, I got sick and I, I lost a couple of weeks with a bad bout of bronchitis, um. And my plan was the only reason why I stayed in the race was to run with my brother it was going to be his first marathon. Figured we would take it nice and slow. I wanted to be there to support him. Um, and he bowed out the day before, uh, because he had an injury. And so I'm not trained at all for this marathon and I knew it was going to be a struggle. And specifically I knew that the, that last 10 K cause I had not done a 20 miler since the middle of the, of the summer. Um, I knew that last 10K was going to be really challenging. So mile seven, I see my family and they're cheering me on and and like something in my head was just like, cannot step up this course with them. Right. Like this is, this is not who I am. This is not who I want. Like this is not what I want them to see. This is not what I want to be for them. Um, And you know the lesson that was sort of running through my head, or you know the thoughts that were running through my head, is that I want my my kids to know that even on days when you don't have it, you gotta give your you gotta gotta give it all. You gotta give a hundred percent of what you what you got that day. Um, so I kept going, and as I turned away from them, you know. The, the plan was to really enjoy the marathon. It's a great event. It's a celebration, right? Like when, when people ask me, you know, what the, you know, what the New York City marathon is, I'm like, it's a, it's a holiday. It's a holiday for New York running. If you're a New York runner, you show up on marathon day, whether you're running or you're not, because it's a holiday. It's a celebration of all the runners in New York and, and everything that we do and our lifestyle and everything like that. So i leave my I leave my family at mile seven, and I keep hearing these these thoughts you know uh it's too hot, it's too hot it's too hot it's too hot um and I was trying to sort of keep my 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 mind open and trying to my eyes open and trying to enjoy the marathon and the spectators and and the celebration and everything like that, but I knew that if I didn't focus those those negative thoughts were just going to sort of continuously drag at me. So, I've changed modes. I got super focused. Turned my music up. Put my eyes down. Um, Stop sort of taking in the, the streets and the spectators, and then just like focused on the task at hand. Um, now I would break every now and then, you know, certain out parts of the of the of the race, like when you're coming off the bridge on First Avenue. Um, and you hit that wall of cheers, uh, or something like that. Those were moments where I would, where I would stop and sort of, you know, reopen up, break focus, reopen up and, 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 uh, and take in the, the race, uh, and the experience. But by and large, I got tunnel vision in order to get through it. And man, those last, that last 10K was rough, um, I was grabbing ice packs from medical tents and putting them on my head just to feel like the cold drip down my back. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned what people were saying about, you know, having something in reserve for Fifth Avenue because of that like very, very slight incline, incline that seems to go on forever. Ever. Like if you're not, <laughs> if you're not trained for that, right? And if you hit the wall before that, that, that'll break you, right? Like that's the part of the marathon that'll absolutely break you. Um, but you know, each marathon is sort of its own spiritual journey for me. And you always learn something during each, I've learned always something during each marathon. And so what you, what I learned that day was again, even if you don't, even if you don't totally have it on a given day and you feel like you're completely spent and you've got nothing left to give that's when you sort of find out where your true strength lies, right? Like that's where you're finally able to tap into sort of this, this deep seated strength, this deep seated will, um, that on a regular basis, you just never, you never get to see, you never get exposed to, you don't know that it's there. You might even start to doubt that it's there, but you come out of an experience like that and you know that deep inside of you, there's, there's a strength that, If you ever need it for any, for any challenge, for any big challenge, it's just sort of sitting there waiting to be called for. So I walked out of that race with, yeah, it, it wasn't the, the perfect race day and it wasn't a day of of big achievements from a time perspective or performance perspective, but it was another step on the journey to sort of really understanding myself and my life and my body and my mind and uh, I don't know that you can ask for anything more on a, on a random Sunday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a spiritual journey on a random Sunday in November. Um, is there anything about the things that you walked away with um, that you learned about yourself and that changes your relationship to yourself, changes your relationship with others, changes your relationship with New York, even, that you can share with the people?
1: I wouldn't say it's anything it's anything new um I would say that the the mental and physical experience of the of the marathon um having not been able to train for it or anything like that was just a a reminder for me again of like just that that will to sort of push push through and that ability to sort of push push through things that you're not prepared for um, and that you didn't a challenge that you didn't expect when you woke up in the morning. um, I would say that that's that. And then the other thing that's, that's incredible from, for me, at least about marathons is that I've noticed that on, on a regular day, we walk around with so many distractions, so many things that we're, that we're thinking about or harping on, or, layers upon layers upon layers of things that we've sort of built up that really all sort of like keep our mind occupied. Um, And when you go over the course of of a marathon, you get worn down so much from a first a physical perspective. And then that leads to sort of this wear down on a mental perspective that all those layers just sort of like get ripped away Right, and there's always, for me at least, a point in the marathon where, like, I'm I'm effectively both physically and mentally raw and exposed and vulnerable, and it's I've come to actually not only appreciate that experience but almost need that experience, um, because it it gives me that moment to reconnect with with what's there in that moment, right? Where when everything else is stripped away, what is it that is left? Um and you know, I I've been like I said sort of earlier, I've been spending a lot of time recently thinking about how important it is to me to In the same way I want to sort of challenge myself as a, as a runner every day, right? Like what I said before, right? Always find that level of challenge and and discomfort for growth. It's really important for me to do that both as a, as a person and, and, and for my career, but even more so as a, as a, as a parent and and for my family, right? I, I don't ever want to feel comfortable with what I, with what I bring on a, on a daily basis. To them so you'll hear the background of them in the in the in the recording now um and so for this marathon for the new york city marathon that was what was sort of going through through my head right of just like when everything else is stripped away and all the distractions and all the commitments and all of the random things that 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 take up my attention on a daily basis um I was left with that kernel of how badly I want that and how important that is to me and how I need to be waking up every single day to try to find a way to sort of inch that forward more and more and more. And in the same way of running, there is no ultimate destination There will never be a point where I say I am satisfied. Uh, and every day will be different. And the challenge every day will be different and my capacity every day for that challenge will be different. Um, but it, nonetheless, it's something that I'm supremely passionate and invested in.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Um, coming out of hearing that, being a spectator, running the race as well, it's a very inspiring day. Um, I Even at some point on the course, I remember it was really quiet as you run through a Hasidic Williamsburg, but there was one corner with like these three women, not Hasidic, but, and all of a sudden, as my group ran by, I heard one of them saying, that's going to be us next year. We're doing it. No question. And it's like she immediately went on her phone. You have a lot of time when you're pacing people because you really have the chance to observe. And during the time passing, I saw her find an organization that she's going to sign up for because, like, the lottery is a little bit of the best. So it's a very inspiring day. And what you share is is very relatable, I think, for many of us because we may experience that. In a marathon, in my experience, in a long run, your first workout, whatever it is. But as marathon season ends and the inspiration starts to dwindle and it is zero degrees out in the morning and your fingers are going numb, what can you share with people about holding on to that momentum and holding on to the inspiration that they just got, seeing 55,000 people run through the cities of New York?
1: <laughs> um I mean you can think about that day, that day coming, right? And so there's, you know, especially if you're struggling in the short term to motivate yourself, signing up for a race um is a great way and marking that on your calendar, setting up a plan, creating creating routine, right? Like anything else in life, if you create routine about it, you're much more likely to do it. Um I would say that you know, knowing the, the discomfort that comes on marathon day, right? Every training run, and we make, you know, we always make fun of the people that say that, right? Like, uh, uh, oh, it's cold out. No, it's great, great for training. Uh, but it's true, right? Like, you know, the being used to being uncomfortable is, <clears throat> is what you need to do if you want to run, you know, run a marathon because damn, it's uncomfortable, right? Uh, any race, if you run at the, if you run it to the utmost is going to be uncomfortable, whether it's a 5k or an ultra, um, being able to be, to, to feel comfortable in that discomfort, being able to say, I'm going to take in that, that, that discomfort. I'm going to see it, hold it, but not let it break me. I mean, think about what that means for you as a runner. Think about what that means for you as a human being, right? Like that stuff that if you can train on that, then. The, the payoff for that and the rewards for that are, are immense, right? And so, yeah, it doesn't feel great to go out for the first 10 minutes on those, on those cold days when you're tired and your legs are tired and you just sort of, you know, want a, a hot cup of coffee and a, and a warm blanket. Um, but the, the payoff for that, um, in the short term, in the long term and, and what that trains your body and your mind to be able to do, uh, is immense and, you know the the mantra that I always repeat is nothing worthwhile is ever easy, right? And so I remember, especially when I was working from home during during COVID, I would I would come in from my runs with that mantra in my head, right? Like there's nothing worthwhile that's easy. And so when it was so easy to essentially like skate through the day you're sitting there in front of a computer you're going from zoom to zoom to zoom to zoom right what i would go in my mindset going into that day would be i need to find a way to push myself i need to find a way to push the people that i'm working with because otherwise we're all essentially going to be sleepwalking right and that's how i would sort of jump into it and you know some days i'd be able to hold that throughout the day some days I would be done by lunch and I wouldn't have any more, <laughs> any more, you know, push left in me. Yeah. Um, but each day it sets the tone, right? Um, and, and knowing that you're, that you're badass enough to get out there when, when the wind chill is zero and get something done sets so the tone for everything that you do that day. You're badass enough for anything. So, uh, if you want to have a badass day, start off with, uh, with a run that only run. hardcore people would do.
0: I love that. Um, this has been a really awesome conversation. I'd like to end with a few just closing questions. Some of them more fast-paced. Some of them a little higher. Yeah, let's
1: um, do a speed round. Let's do it.
0: Speed round. Well, it's a speed round with two longer questions, but we'll call it a speed <laughs> round. <laughs> what is your uh, favorite piece of running gear right now?
1: Favorite piece of running gear? that is a good question um, i have switched over to both um running uh pants tights whatever you would call them and, and shorts that have like an integrated phone pocket so i don't have to wear like the belly band or the phone holder anymore um, that has been a, a big change for me um, and then i really like a lot of my 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 winter gear i do like the a half zip, either over a short sleeve shirt or over a long sleeve shirt on colder days um and they're just so warm and 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 yummy i would say so i wear them during the day now i'll wear them to the office like you know nothing like a good half zip. and then you just can sort of go for for a run afterwards um and my sneakers i always love going a little funky on my on my sneakers and so uh different colors, bright colors, different patterns. Uh, it's my place to have fun. So uh, I have way too many running sneakers. Um, and then I'm also gearing up to get myself a new Garmin because my last Garmin broke. So I'm excited for that.
0: Amazing. <laughs> right, have you looked into Coros? Are you considering Coros or is it Garmin or nothing?
1: Um I'm predominantly thinking about Garmin. If I were to leave Garmin, it would be for a more ge- like generic smartwatch.
0: Nice. Um, Next question. Favorite post-long run treat or celebration?
1: Uh, I really stink at this. Uh, (laughs) I just, I'm so tired after a long run that, like, I just sort of eat nothing and do nothing, and it's really bad. Um, And I'll give a shout out here to Eddie Abani, who made me realize how bad I am at fueling during long runs and after long runs uh because he has it down to a science He know he watched his blood sugar he knows exactly what he needs to do i just totally succumb to the i'm too tired to do any bodily functions right now um and i get horizontal and i sort of stay horizontal so uh i don't i don't do i don't do after long run treats or anything like that
0: uh favorite running route
1: the salt marsh in <clears throat> across from marine park um it's only it's a small loop it's less than a mile um but the fact that that place exists in in the middle of brooklyn uh where like it doesn't feel like you're anywhere remotely near brooklyn um and i love uh, the gravel i like i love trails um and it's there's you know not that many people on it and it's just like this this moment of peace in the middle of all sorts of craziness and it's really close to my house and it's like it's like an express train to just like calm and peace and relaxation for me
0: nice um give everyone a reason to run today
1: Today is Thanksgiving. So the reason to run is you're probably going to pack away a humongous meal later and you feel so much better about it after you got in a nice turkey trot with a bunch of other runners all wearing goofy hats um, and, and then, uh, you know, you have a full weekend of great running ahead of you.
0: Amazing. And like you mentioned, today is Thanksgiving. So what is something you are particularly thankful for this year?
1: I'm just thankful for life. Like, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's this, it's so hard to pick out one piece of it. It's like picking out, you know, one, uh, one corner of a painting. It's just all of it together, all of it sort of the way that it blends and interacts, um, and, and just sort of combines, right? Um, it's funny, you know, a lot of people bemoan the lack of, I guess division in life uh you know that like work bleeds into life, family time and family time bleeds into work time, and you're talking to to your friends while you're in the office and and emails are coming in and everything like that and yeah i I agree it can be too much sometimes like anything can be too much sometimes, but like on the other hand, just like being able to. FaceTime your kids from the office, right? Or, you know, being able, like I, I now run with, with work colleagues and we have a meeting while we're on a run, right? And, you know, that, that ability to sort of feel authentic to who you are and what you care about at all times and not have to always compartmentalize things, right? And being, just be able to live all of your life. All at the same time, all of the time is just something that I am immensely grateful for because I love all parts of my life, right? I, I love the, my, the things that I do. I love my family. I love the, the people around me, the, the relationships that I have. So being able to sort of experience that every day is just a gift every single, every single day.
0: Oh, this has been such an enjoyable conversation. Thank you for making the time on Thanksgiving, um, and I cannot wait for everyone else to hear it.
1: Thank you so much. I'm glad to have you back here on uh, Voices of Ocean Parkway. Are we going to do more episodes? Everybody wants to know.
0: This might be the part that we cut out. No, I'm just <laughs> joking. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, it would be nice to start getting you started again. Uh, if you have any interest in being on the show, definitely shoot me a message, and we will try to make it happen.